Great show today. Uh, starts with a little bit of introspection. Uh, we look into the window of your soul. Yes. So you don't want to miss that. That's how we uh, start the podcast. But we go out and laughs. We talk about uh, coronavirus. Um, what's happening to the January 6th defendants, the people who have been arrested. How many have been arrested and where are they? That and so much more on today's broadcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hello, you sick, twisted freak. Welcome to Monday. All right. Here is something that is critically important and you can do something about it. There is a, a tug of war between good and evil that is has really broken out in England. A desperately ill two-year-old girl in England. The doctors want to pull the plug on her. Now, here is the difference between this and Charlie Gard. Remember, Charlie Gard was the state eventually pulled all life support, even though Charlie Gard had a place to go. But... Charlie Gard's parents were English. Not the case with the two-year-old girl in England. This is an American dad who has citizenship in America and in Israel. And he was uh, living in England. But he still holds an American passport. When his daughter was born two years ago, um, she was born and she was not uh, she was not responding to anything. They kept up CPR um, and then put her on a what did what did uh, Obama call him a, a breathalyzer, an inhalator, an inhalator. Mm-hmm. It's a ventilator. Mm-hmm. So she's been on a ventilator for her entire life, and she had lack of oxygen. So she's not responding, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she can't maintain a core body temperature. She, she can't blink. She has no conscious uh, awareness, yada, yada, yada. The dad says there are, there are hospitals in America and in Israel that want to try new things on his daughter. She has a chance, according to doctors here in America and in Israel. And the dad is saying, I, you know, I know what you're saying, but, you know, no offense, England, but your hospital care is is not up to the standards of America or Israel because you're not on the cutting edge anymore because of your socialist health care. And he's not saying this to, you know, be, you know, a troublemaker or to make a political point. He's just telling the truth. And he says, there's no reason to kill my daughter. He said, quote, there's lots of places around the world where I can take care of my daughter and we'd be happy to take care of her for long term. He said, just let me and my daughter go. The judge said uh, the doctors don't think she has any quality of life. Well, who are you to say that the doctors say 
The doctors say she has no quality of life. So she said, it's not the parent, it's the patient. And she has to look out for the patient. And so she wants to stop all life support. Here's where it gets interested. interesting. Not only is a hospital in here in America willing to take her, but also in Israel. And here's why this is important. He has an Israeli passport. He's an Israeli and American citizen. He is Hasidic. So he has deeply held Orthodox views. And he says value of life is built into our uh, our religious upbringing. Orthodox Judaism encourages the continuation of life until all means have expired and are exhausted. So don't tell me about your meaning of life. This is my religious point of view. The judge is still not moving. Now, there's been a couple of Democrats that have taken this on and have written letters. There's a line of Republicans that have already taken this on. They're waiting for the White House. They can't get the White House to react to this. And I honestly don't know if Joe Biden is even aware enough. And I honestly don't think that the people in the White House believe in religion i don't know if they believe in the quality of life argument that all life is inherently valuable that we have to do whatever we can do i i I don't know what they believe i wish i did i wish i knew who was actually running the white house but this is something that you can call your senator on Call the White House on. This is an American citizen. American citizen. And they desperately, desperately need your help. And this is something that goes to Republicans and Democrats. Chuck Schumer is actually involved. He's trying to get the family reunited here. This is something, you know, there's, there's only a few things left that can unite us. And I think we're seeing that with CRT. Our children. Our children can bring us back together. Because we're all the same. You know, I hear about these. You know, I hear about. The struggle between the Palestinians and Israelis. Well, I've been there several times and I've talked to Palestinians several times. On their grounds. And when you meet somebody who is not just screaming for blood, which is a lot of people are not screaming for blood. They say the same thing. It's the politics of the region. It's the politics. I just want a job. I just want to feed my family. I just want to get on with my life. That. That is the same thing I hear from Israelis. They don't mind. Oh, Palestinians are living here. They they don't. I mean, they have they they let Palestinians live. They take care of Palestinians. They have full citizenship. 
What is the problem? Usually it's politics. We all have the same thing in common, our children. And if we lose any more of the value of life, if we begin to lose it on the edges, here's a child that is already born. This is, this is not some other country. This is you take your child and you're over in Europe and you take your child over there and they put them in a hospital. You check them in because they need a hospital. And then that hospital says, yeah, we're not going to let you take them because they have no quality of life. Excuse me? What does your passport even mean? What does your passport even mean? More importantly, what does this is my child even mean? It means nothing. If they can get away with saying, I'm sorry, we treat the patient, not the parent. And the parent says, wait a minute. How, how many steps is it to you going into a hospital and you being told you have no quality of life? And you are saying, well, no, I do. This is where it started in Germany. This is exactly how it started. This is remember the Holocaust. This is never again. Not once they're already there. But at the beginning where you can grab the roots and pull it out. This is the beginning of that. Alta. Alta is this daughter's name. Alta Fixler. F-I-X-S-L-E-R. Alta Fixler. Call your church. Call your prayer group. Call your senators. Call the White House. Alta Fixler. Bring her home. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. 23-year-old mechanic. He was in Cuba. He, he and 11 other Cubans were on a little wooden boat. And he had focused on the rolling waves that rocked and lifted the wooden boat. It was his second time to try to escape Leave his family behind and gain freedom. I want you to think about that. Not leaving. How hard is it for you to leave your friends and your family and your job for something that you do know? You're moving to Denver. You're moving someplace else. Think about the pressure that is on you. Think about the butterflies that you have in your stomach about finding new doctors, uh, you know, a new school for your kids, a new job, new friends. I don't want to leave my friends. My family is all here. Now imagine you're going to a place where you can never go back. You're not going to see your parents and your friends. You have no idea what's on the other side. 
And it's not like go west, young man, where Lewis and Clark are there going, yeah, here's a map how you get there. Don't get eaten by a bear. And when you get there, there's a bunch of people there that are going to help you out. This is I am going by myself and I might die in the water. This 23-year-old mechanic got into the boat for the second time, knowing, I can't stay here. He said dolphins were tracking the boat alongside. That's when he lifted his eyes over the weekend. And he saw just the dreamed-of coastline. Everyone erupted in joy, he said. Men hug, women cried. They had wanted to come to America so badly. The celebration continued because they didn't notice the U.S. Coast Guard plane until it was directly overhead. And then they saw the Coast Guard cutter. Within four days... He was back on Cuban soil. What are we doing? What are we doing? Bring me your tired, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The Statue of Liberty has been has been bastardized by the left so much. Maybe they'll say one day that only Republicans really own the Statue of Liberty. It's an offensive symbol for others. So be it. I know what the Statue of Liberty means, and I know who she cries out for with silent lips. Send these, the huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. These are literally the tempest tossed. And while we are welcoming people from any country all over the world without any kind of information and setting them into our country, putting them on American planes paid for by American taxpayers and flying them all around the country giving them a start to a new life. We have no idea who these people are. And our Coast Guard cutters are turning these people away? Shame on you. Shame on you. Joe Biden and the rest of you clowns in Washington, shame on you. You know, the Republicans want to take a take a page out of the Democratic playbook. Here's how it works out for you. You all get up today because there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. They're going to pass the legislation anyway and leave just enough there to have a quorum so you don't stop the business of America. But why don't you go down to Miami, all of you? Why don't you get onto a plane in Miami, every single one of you, and invite Democrats to come with you and stand there 
arm in arm with the Cuban people. The people who still have Cuba in their hearts. They're still proud to be Cubans. But they're also proud Americans now. They're proud Americans because they know what this country did for them. And that is just protect their right to breathe free. Cubans are in the streets protesting. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people who are so brave. They're just, no, seriously, they're just, they're so very, very brave. Are they? Are they really? Colin Kaepernick isn't brave. Colin Kaepernick, he made a, he made a job transfer. He sucked at one job, and so he found a creative way to start another job. And that job is an activist. And even if he means it, he's a moron. Wearing a Che t-shirt. Wearing a Che t-shirt. Anybody who glorifies Che doesn't know their ass from their elbow. You can't call them a human rights activist. You're protesting the American flag because you so deeply believe in the right to be free, and yet you wear a Che t-shirt? Che would have loved you. He would have loved you, Colin. Especially after he scooped you up because you didn't do everything he said. And then he shot you in the head just for fun. Because that's who Che was. We've so bastardized the understanding of America. It's incredible to me. The meaning of America. This might, this might piss a bunch of people off, but I don't, what do I have to lose? I'd leave this country in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I'd renounce my citizenship in a heartbeat. I'd take down my American flag in a heartbeat. If you could come up with something better. If you had some place or something, some idea that had a better mission statement than the Declaration of Independence and you had a better constitution than this one. And you had people who were like our pilgrims and many of our founders. They were in it for people and freedom. I'd go, but so far that offer hasn't come up. I can't find another place to go. I can't find something better than this. And this one's being wrecked by a bunch of people who don't have any clue. They keep looking to the past. Oh, you know what's really great? Cuba. Cuba sucks. That's why people are building rafts out of old Fords. They're trying to make 
anything float. That's why it's not, you know, hey, I went on a little boat trip and I had the dolphins at my side and then I arrived in Miami where I'm just lathering myself up now in sunscreen. This is a dangerous, deadly trip. And what is the utopia on the other side of the plan of the people who are in office now? Who are supporting CRT? What, what does it look like? You know, I, I asked when Barack Obama said, we have five days to fundamentally transform the United States of America. Remember that? Five days. And I asked beginning on, on day number one, transform into what? Transform into what? First, we were told Sweden, but you'll notice nobody's talking to Sweden. The Swedes aren't over here. In fact, the Swedes are over here saying we're not socialist. I just don't know if you know that. And we wouldn't work at a population your size. And have you noticed Sven looks like Johan? It's not diverse like America is. So why isn't anybody over from the Democratic Party talking to all of the Swedish people? All of the people in Denmark, because that's not their model. Where are they? They're out supporting Cuba and Venezuela. What does their plan actually look like? Well, I'll show you. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Chip Roy from the great state of uh, Texas is joining us now. He is a congressman from Texas in Washington, D.C., and he has been leading the effort to get some answers on what is happening with the defendants of January 6th that have pretty much, I've been told, Chip, hopefully you will have the answer on this, that they're in solitary confinement. Is that true? <clears throat> well, Glenn, this is one of the things we're trying to get to the answer. First of all, thanks for having me on. Great to talk to you again, as always. Uh, and uh, great to be in the great state of Texas, although i got to fly back to D.C. today. Sorry about that. To go uh, accomplish absolutely nothing in Washington because, you know, Democrats uh, don't actually care about what the people want. And in this case, this is a perfect example. I'm on the House Judiciary Committee. We have oversight over the Department of Justice. Uh, we are uh, informed through public accounting and through some of the information they make public that over 500 Americans have been arrested uh, in connection with what occurred on January 6th. Now, you and I both agree that those who, you know, violated laws in ways that maybe resulted in destruction of property or, uh, you know, attacking on police officers or those Correct. kinds of things should be punished to the full extent of the law or, or certainly punished appropriate and consistent with the law. Um, but we have 500 people arrested and we don't have any real information on who they are, why they've been arrested, how they're being uh, detained, uh, what, what's the actual, uh, you know, what's backing all of this? And what do I mean by that? I'm a former federal prosecutor myself. And, you know, there are uh, procedures and policies they put in place that impact what assistant United States attorneys, the United States attorneys in question, what they do um, in terms of prioritizing and in terms of how they approach prosecutorial discretion in this context. We want to know whether this is political. We want to know how people are being, um, you know, uh, treated. And, and all of this got on my radar screen because I have constituents who were present in D.C. and have had a couple of people that have come to me and talked to me about how they're being charged with crimes. One father-son combination. The, both were charged with a crime. The father was not detained. The son was. And we're trying to get more information from them, from their lawyers, 
And uh, and now we're pressing the Department of Justice, as we have been now for a couple of months. Thomas Massey and myself and some others have been pressing on it. So, so Chip, how unusual is what's happening with this? Well, it, it's hard to know the exact details, right? Because we don't we don't have the information yet about okay, each individual who's been detained, what are they charged with having done? So, for example. We know that there was uh, an individual that's a constituent of mine who was charged with a crime, but literally it appears based on the video that he has and that I've, I've, I've been uh, informed of through his counsel that all he did was cross the line where there were some of those bicycle racks placed. And in fact, he has video of that whole time. He never went in the Capitol. Uh, he never encouraged anybody. You can hear the audio. And in fact, he was discouraging people from breaching the line and, and from, you know, uh, carrying on and, and maybe uh, pushing up against the police and stuff. But the, as the crowd moved forward, he crossed that particular boundary. So now he's being prosecuted, right? He's being charged with a crime. How many of those people are there? Now, in his case, he's not in jail at the current moment, but we know that he's been he's facing a crime. And how many of these 500, who are they? Why are they being detained? What did they do? And so this is so what we, we know we have detained. Hang on. We've detained 500 people. I think we've arrested 500 people. I don't know the exact numbers on the detentions. My staff is working right now to try to press Department of Justice to get that. We've obviously sent the letter asking the attorney general to come forward. We believe there's been 500 arrests. We're trying to figure out how many are currently detained and, and get to the bottom of how long they've been detained and why and figure out what their due process rights are. And, uh, you know, how many have settled? I was told that a, some, one individual uh, went ahead and, and, and entered a plea agreement for something lesser, right, uh, in order to sort of move along. Okay, where does that go? And what was the plea agreement? And what pressure was put on the individuals for the plea agreement? Those are things we're trying to figure out. And by the way, you know, I opposed this, you know, Pelosi-led select committee uh, because I thought it was unnecessary and political. I'm on the department. I'm on the House Judiciary Committee. We have oversight. We have not held a single hearing, Glenn, not a single hearing where we've hauled in the Department of Justice, uh, uh, you know, the attorney general to go through these questions. We had the FBI director uh, in front of the Judiciary Committee and a couple of us asked some broad questions. I was one of them to the FBI director. But it's really the, the attorney general that we need to know because of the U.S. attorneys that report up who's being prosecuted and what's going on. So we need to have hearings. We need to get to the bottom of it and understand it. And look, for those that should be being prosecuted, fine. But we want to know the truth and we want to know the ones who are being uh, held and uh, what they're being charged with. So I have read things from attorneys of people that uh, uh, say they're being held. Again, until now, I didn't even question that they were actually being held. Um, and, and, and I can't seem to get a handle on any of it and they say that they can't get a handle on it um and let me go back to my question when i when i asked you how unusual is this uh, what i mean is you're a former prosecutor how unusual is it that you at this point can't even really seem to know where people are or what has happened well i think it it is um you know, uh, yeah, this is a unique circumstance, right? So it's not like I go around and know currently every single uh, crime sure. that's being uh, punished across every United States attorney's office. But for something of this magnitude, now some of this information is public, right? I mean, you can go look and see some of the information about what's been charged and so forth. But in terms of how long, why, and what, and what procedures they're putting in place, and why certain people are being detained and not, 
We don't have that information, and we need to know that information. All of that is highly political, and it's irregular. What we've been being told is that in some cases, you know, they're, they're being told that the prosecutors are being told, yeah, don't, uh, you don't have any discretion here. You just have to go charge the crime, right? That's a, pers- that's a policy choice by the Department of Justice mm-hmm. to say to an, a United States attorney, an assistant United States attorney, you're going to go charge these crimes as opposed to, hold on, you take in all the facts. And as a prosecutor, right, I have to exercise judgment, discretion to make a determination. So that's what I really want to know. Who's ordered what in terms of how people are being punished and prosecuted? Because if, if a prosecutor looks at it and says, okay, I have video of you punching a cop and hitting a cop, so I'm charging you with this crime. Okay, fair enough. But, but if, if someone is like, well, you crossed a line and, and basically the policy is we don't care, prosecute, right? That's prosecutorial discretion that's being set as not being allowed to occur uh, by policy. So that's why Thomas and I and some others are going to start pressing this really hard. Uh, we've, we've sent letters. Now we need to really start kind of, you know, figuring out how to turn up the heat to elevate this uh, to find out all the facts. Well, anything we can do to, to help. I mean, I, I want people who are guilty of a real crime to pay the price yep. that the that anybody should pay for that particular crime. Um, but I I am very, very concerned uh, about the way this has been handled really from the get go, because like you said, it does feel very political. Uh, and now I read today that the military is using spying devices and eavesdropping devices, et cetera, et cetera the way they would on populations overseas. And they're using that in Washington, D.C. as part of this new security program in Washington. Um, Well, and we want to know and we want to be able to see and compare this to what occurred in Portland last summer. Right. I mean, when 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 federal buildings, the courthouse was being ransacked. And and what were your priorities? What are the priorities of this administration in terms of prosecuting those crimes? And we need to go through and see this and compare it and show so the American people can know justice is being served blindly as it's supposed to be. Mm. Uh, Chip, thank you very much. Uh, That is uh, Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Rep Chip Roy. Thanks. We'll talk again.